Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio on this glorious Monday afternoon. And I'm just looking at Nuala Carey and the weather forecast and RTE and there's a lot of sunshine about next few days. Well, there's going to be a bit of cloud too, but I don't think it's too bad overall for the week. I'm giving you your Monday forecast as usual. It's summertime, but at times the weekend you really wouldn't think it was, would you? Blinking cold and then evenings seem to warm up. A bit of a trend in our weather. But look at Europe. Burned to a cinder. Fires, warnings, everything. We'd like a bit more sun, man above, but just not that extreme. Come on, let's get us somewhere in the middle. I hope he's listening. And we're delighted to have you listening to us this lovely afternoon. Let's get straight to business today. And when I tell you that my first guest on the show is the author of Real Mums, A Guide to Surviving Parenting. She's a journalist, radio and TV contributor, and she's an Irish Time columnist. And that's why I'm talking to her today. And I want to quote her because she says just a few hours ago in the Times, my head spins at the thought of trying to be everything to everyone all summer long when you're a mum to seven I ain't surprised Jen Hogan welcome to the show thanks for having me on Jerry not at all well I think you echoed the sentiments of so many today because we're in the final throes of the primary school year and by God when you have the routine of school it's there's a lot to be said for it isn't there Oh, there is. And you know what? I'm the very person who gives out about homework all through the school yes. year, and you're kind of resenting having to do this, this, the 64 million school lunches and all the different runs. And, so, and it is nice to get that break from the routine. It is, it is. But not for the whole summer. That's going to be, I think that's what it is. I'm starting to feel a little bit of overwhelm already because the teenagers are off. They finished up, obviously, at the beginning of June. And they're off. So I'm thinking, are, this far? are we only still in June? And now the rest of them are going to be off. And it's the, it's that whole thing, really, isn't it? That we, you know, obviously when I was growing up, my mum was at home. And it there were very different times. And lots of, lots of houses, there was a parent at home. And that made for, I, I presume, of course, I never even thought to ask her, but I presume a slightly different pressure because 
you know, you were kind of chucked out the front and off you went to play and you only came back in when you absolutely had to or when you were called for food and you kind of provided your own entertainment. But now it's different because, we're, we, you know, obviously we have in many households, parents are working and mm. they, there isn't somebody there able to supervise their children willy-nilly out playing or be there at home for them to necessarily go out and play and come back. And even if there is, the other kids on the road might not be around. So you have that challenge too. And if you're working, you're trying to figure out how do you manage and how do you navigate childcare with continuing to work? And it does seem a little bit like it falls a lot on mums. I think probably because of the sort of conversations that we have and the language that we use where we kind of discuss working mothers and we tend to ask female celebrities, how do you juggle it all? And we don't tend to ask the dads. Mm. It's, it, I think it, we're getting a bit better at changing that conversation, but... Still, you'll often hear women lament that, oh, I feel so guilty, you know, I'm trying to juggle it all and I feel so bad. And I don't know that we hear dads saying this so much because I think it's really considered a woman's issue. Yes, yes. Ah, look, you're so right. I'm with you because I'd be before you in my time and certainly my mum was at home and she was a homemaker and I always say it, Ideally, it, it, it is the ideal situation, but it can't be done because of the pressures of life today, mortgages, bills to be met and everything. It needs two wages in an awful lot of circumstances. Mm-hmm. But you, you reminisce about it here and you really touched a nerve with me when I read you because there is nothing like having one or other at home. That stability, is there? Well, it, I mean, it certainly makes life easier. Yes. I, I'm kind of, I'm, it makes life easier for uh, for the household. It makes life easier for the children. It makes life easier in lots of regards, even for um, navigating the different demands on your time. And if somebody, even during the school year, if somebody's sick, it, it's certainly that much easier. But I suppose this is the real thing, the real pressure for women. It's taken so long for us to get to this situation. And, and again, we go back to the women again, because it, when we talk about there being a parent at home, most of the time it was the woman who was at home mm. um, and and when we talk about like the, the work and you work so hard to try and try and juggle it all because yes. that's effectively what, what a lot of women are trying to do and and you're hearing it's a kind of it's that uncomfortable truth isn't it that life mm. is harder because we have two parents working or if there's one parent at home often that parent will be working and um, it is harder because of it but at the same time we don't want to go back to a situation where women don't have the choice yes. either and so it, it is a re- it's, it's, as I said, it's that uncomfortable truth because I do look back very fondly at my own summers and I know now that you know my dad would come home and we'd see him coming across the green and he'd get this welcome like he was the most mm. wonderful person in the whole world and we'd be giving out about mam being cranky you know don't even dare <laughs> go back in she won't let you back out the door again and poor mam was getting it like you know in the neck like the vilified parent because she got to be there doing doing all the lecturing and doing all the, you know, insisting upon the rules and dad comes across the green with the tempany bag for everyone on tour where he's like the best of bees knees and he wasn't crabby because he hadn't been with us all day so we hadn't got it yet. We hadn't had a chance to wreck his head yet. And there is that whole, that whole difference and, and I suppose he didn't maybe appreciate that we had these wonderful summers as we look back because our parents, because we had a mum usually at home who was yeah. able to facilitate that. I don't know, you see, I suppose choice comes into it here. Like you said, there isn't a choice for an awful lot of families. I mean, we're, you know, we're in the middle of a housing crisis. People can't afford to buy a house on two good wages. So mm. if we have that kind of a, a situation, we're in the middle of obviously a cost of living crisis too, that, that pressure, that takes that choice away. But also... 
lamenting a little bit too much. I nearly feel guilty for doing it because lamenting a little bit too much creates a situation where you're kind of going, wouldn't it be great if women could go back into the house? Mm. It's, it's that, that, it's that like yes. I said, it's that uncomfortable truth. Isn't it? And that's not something, like I, I work, I like to work, I need to work, but I'm, I'm glad that I work as well, if mm. you know what I mean. So there is the two of those. And you're very conscious as a woman in work not being too visible as a parent which sounds a bit crazy but that whole idea um, I was saying earlier on to, to Louise and I was chatting with the whole there is this thing there was research in the UK show that there's a there's a fatherhood bonus for example for men when they become dads and they often you know increase their earnings and stuff but there's a motherhood penalty there's a flip side of that and because of that women are always very conscious not to be too visible as parents because it might nearly suggest their limitations oh I'll do this but if my kid is sick I'm going to have to go or yeah. I can do this but if the school is closed I might not be available that day and there is that, that fear you feel like you're trying to be all things to all people yeah. and then inevitably feeling like you can't be anything proper to anyone yes. it's that yeah it's it's like that's what it kind of has your head in a spin as you think about it yeah you reflect i'm sure the thoughts and feelings of so many today when you look at the couple of months ahead of course people mm. search uh, frantically for different camps to send them to uh, summer camps you have the uh, family perhaps taking a holiday in that time and um, you have other family members who are, who can help out and that's greatly appreciated the staggering of holidays jen and a thing called term time I don't know whether you're familiar with it but it was a thing in the public service I know a few years ago and friends mm-hmm. of mine the dad and the mam split their you know split the mm-hmm. summer between taking term time each the public sector are leading the way on this yes. I mean, they're fantastic and I do think anyone who's ever worked in the public sector will have seen that you, you don't feel penalised the same way there for being paid. You definitely don't because they're very accepting, very embracing, very encouraging of term plan. Like a term plan is that saviour for people that they can take their take the summer off without mm. without there being a penalty and spread their wages across the whole year. That's right. It's, it's a fantastic initiative and it is something which allows dads get much more involved and share that. And maybe even if they took part of the time each, at least you have the summer covered there. But unfortunately, it's not an option for lots of people in the private sector or people who are self-employed. So there's still that big gain hole there. And then also, I mean, even in, within the public sector, particularly in the middle of a cost of living crisis, you're also very conscious that, that even that reduction, though, the way your wages are spread over the year, at the current at this current moment in time when people are really feeling the pinch, it does make things a little bit more difficult. But it is a wonderful option because sometimes it's actually more affordable than paying for all the summer camps to try and fill the days or, to, or paying for expensive, really expensive childcare if you're having to get people into after school clubs or summer clubs. Um, because that, that can work out maybe more expensive than, than your wages depending on how many children you're a bit like me <laughs> you're completely blown out of the water at that stage if you've more than a socially acceptable number of children you're in trouble mm. so it is it is a different situation there but it is a wonderful initiative I just um, it is absolutely they're, like I said they're leading the way and all the brilliant that the private sector could follow suit yeah. you have a magnificent seven of course is there still 90 in the house or is there one on the way out no, 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 there's still nine of us in the house now. My daughter's just, oh, she just got her degree last week. So ah. I'm like clinging on. My eldest is a grown up now. So the others are still all children. But the whole idea of, um, yeah, I, that's going to come. And that's, that's like that other stage of parenthood, isn't it? That you, you dread. Mm. And, and while I'm saying, like even trying to juggle the summer, he goes as an adult in the house. And fairness, she's working and she has her own, um, her own life. And, you know, she's yeah. a young woman. Those things are going on. If she's around, she'll give a hand. But she's not around very much. But I am dreading that whole side. 
side of things when she moves it. That's the part of parenthood they don't really prepare you for. They tell you about sleep, you close your eyes, you ignore it, you then you go, you look in horror. People go, why did you tell me it was this bad? And they tell you about the never getting a second to yourself and there being no such thing as like showers in private or anything like that for years and years. And they warn you about this side of things and you're wondering what you ever did with your time before. But I'm not sure they adequately warn you about how hard it is when your child becomes an adult. Mm. And you have to take that step back. I'm like, that's your job. Your job is to raise them to, to be independent of you and to be happy and capable and independent of you. But it's still really hard when that time comes around. Uh, listen, and I am dreading it when she don't has to go. Tre- Don't worry. I, I, I've been through that and beyond the stages. I have grandchildren now and they're like boomerangs. Oh, good. I'm glad to <laughs> they hear They keep that's coming back. <laughs> don't worry about that. That'll happen. But back to the to the mood point you, you've written brilliantly mm-hmm. about today. I, I couldn't help but have a warm glow when I did reminisce about my childhood. And you say something there. You used to go off in the daytime and you'd nearly be afraid to come back home in case you'd be kept there. Yes, remember that. I was like, like I, I have such clear memories of that. And it, you'd be out with your friends, and somebody, if we had to get something or we needed a parent for something, it'd be like a debate going, who's going to knock on their mum's? Who's going to knock on the door? Who's going in together? Because who's the most likely to be left back out again afterwards? But there was that. that, that that's what I suppose is a bit sad that it's missing from children's lives. Now, they're not outdoors all day. They're not playing out in the sunshine the way we were. They're not playing in the grass, clippings in the field, making grass houses and playing rounders and exhausted and mucky coming in later on at the end of the day and I mean that was I remember being so physically tired at the end of my day from Mm. playing all day and that's one of the things that definitely is to be lamented you know about that that's gone and some of that is down to devices and we can but we can only blame devices so much some of it is down to our circumstances down to the fact that you know families have changed the demands on families the dynamics within families have changed and obviously there's security things we parents felt much more uh, comfortable to let mm. their children out and play more freely back then but I do think the biggest the biggest um, factor there is the fact that there isn't necessarily someone at home to facilitate that yes. and I think that is the sad thing that is in, in lots of ways it's wonderful that the world has changed and that you know um People can have these wonderful careers and have families too, but there, that is something from my childhood that I'm. St- I'm sorry, my kids don't get to experience, but I'm very glad that I did. Well, you know, I believe since the uh, outbreak of COVID and the pandemic, who would have ever thought, Jen, that you know we would have adjusted our working lives and the way we operate, the way we did. Now I know the wheel is turning again, and people are going back to the workplace, and companies want that too, and there's an amalgam of both. But mm-hmm. it just shows you, and as well as that the state found money to support people there has to be a way like the public service to extend that and help mums and dads more who need help summertime absolutely has to be I mean the really interesting thing is you know we I mean I joked as well in the column today about my kids you know I'm doing my bit to help the impending pension crisis but we are looking into a situation that you know our replacement rate isn't high enough in the world across you know we have we have difficulties there we have that conflict there where we have a huge global population and we're worried about the consequences for the earth but we don't have enough young people and enough babies being born to support people as they get older and to, you know for pensions and everything else that, that's necessary and yet we're not facilitating parents to have or adults to have 
the number of children they might like to have. I mean, for some, the amount of parents who've been in touch with me have said they, they'd love to have another child. They might not be able to go for that second child or third child. Presumably they were lucky enough to, to for that physically to happen for them. But the, the consequences and the situation that they're in, the demands of work, the, the restraints on finances, the, the just the general pressures that, that we're living in. And parental burnout is a real thing. I think we dismiss it a lot and just expect people to keep going and keep going and keep churning over. But I do think that the COVID was, it was eye-opening. I mean, we achieved things that we thought we never could achieve. So I do hope that we'll get to that stage. And I do think this summer will be slightly different for people, perhaps not in the last summer, the one before where COVID was all we spoke about. But um, for the ones in the pre-COVID times where you will have that hybrid model, perhaps with people able to work from home some of the time and at least maybe facilitate, at least if they're at home, hoping their kids don't come in and maybe their children will have the same idea. We better not go in. Mammy's working. If we go in, she might keep us in. But playing away a little, a little bit freely, more freely. Hopefully that will be one of the positives to come from the pandemic because we've shown we did it before and um, so we can do it again. Yes, we can. And you keep doing it because you are so interesting to read and follow. Okay. I say that to you and uh, you really touched a nerve with us here today. Thank you uh, for joining us. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Jen Hogan there, reader in the Irish Times today. The full article, it's uh, fantastic. But it is, isn't it? Folks, it is a dilemma for you when you have children and summertime comes and trying to to manage. That's what we're talking about. Louise, I spotted something very interesting at the weekend. Uh, Well, interesting to me, perhaps to to listeners as well. With the cost of fuel rocketing Mm -hmm. uh, at the moment, at the petrol pumps, diesel, uh, whatever your fuel is. I couldn't believe this. New Jersey, two places in New York, New Jersey and Oregon. You are not allowed to go to a gas station, as they call it, and fill your own car. Why? Because all gas stations in those places, New Jersey and Oregon, are attended by people who Mm -hmm. fill the car for you. Do you remember those? Do you remember Mm -hmm. going to get petrol or diesel many moons ago and someone would come out uh, and fill your car for you? Yeah. Is there not still some of them left around? No? Do you know of any? No, I thought... I thought there was Think still about one it or now. two. Do you know of any? Off the top of your head, do you know of a, of a, of a forecourt or a petrol station? No, not neither, off the top n- of my head, but I just thought do there I. might be one or neither two. Neither do around. I. But there you are. It's the law in New Jersey and Oregon. You can't. Why That's is it. it the law? To create an employment or something? Or well, 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 let, well, let me ask the listeners this first. Is there any petrol station out there in the northeast that is attended the forecourt is attended by somebody that they fill your fuel if there is 0419832000 that's 0419832000 our number or you can whatsapp or text us 0861800658 well let me tell you the reason because there uh, there are reasons it says that allowing self-service would increase fire hazards okay and I, I'd, I'd say that's somebody maybe <laughs> lighting up. Oh, no, I know why you're laughing. <laughs> that's you on your mobile phone. Yes. Did, that you, you yes, ha- but the girl didn't release the pump because she saw me on my mobile phone, so she wouldn't. Folks, I, and I would never thought of that. Folks, they but wouldn't allow Louise <laughs> fill her car because they saw her on the mobile phone. And, you know, you could spark yeah, from a mobile yeah, phone. You, you understand? Could, yeah. So, listen, that's that's one of the criteria in Oregon and uh, New Jersey uh, that you could be a fire hazard. That's you, Louise. <laughs> uh, it could create challenges for elderly <laughs> citizens. <laughs> that's you too, Louise. And drivers, drivers with fragilities. That's you too, Louise. So, you actually should be living drivers in... Drivers with what? 
for fragilities. You should be you should be living in Oregon or New Jersey. I've just concluded. <laughs> I actually would like that because I, I I I you know when you go to fill your petrol, and they're all all the pumps are taken, and the only one that's left is the wrong side of. You know where you put the fuel in the tank. Okay. So the so and the then, pump is not on the side of the fuel tank. Yeah, it's on the other side of the car. Okay. So then you have okay. to play tug of war. Oh no! With the pump, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like pulling at it to try and bring it round the side of the car. I hate that. And then you're just you're looking around, going, "Please don't be looking at me." Um, you uh, nearly actually just pull off and go to a different <laughs> a different service do you station. Ever, do you ever pull up like that? And I have to admit myself, and I get out, and it's on the wrong side. You're right, the last one. Oh, and yeah. I you have put over I'm, the car, I'm around no. the car, under the car. <laughs> but I'm too far forward or too far back, so I can't reach it. And the embarrassment of that, you know, the embarrassment of that. Yeah. You feel like everyone's looking yeah. at you in the station, and you say, "Oh, mother of God, what but am I like But they are really hard. You know, they're they're oh, they're they're heavy. They're, they're are heavy. heavy. Yeah. They're Heavy to swing out. No, there's no. They're heavy to swing out. It's not just me, then. It's you as well. I I am that person as well. I am. I am indeed. But you said there online, uh, you were saying to me, we were chatting about this a little earlier. Online, there are videos of people, Mm. you know, who don't understand that it actually comes out across. They reverse the car. They reverse the car and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my God. Sideways. So there you are, Louise. I thought that was a thing of the past, to be honest with you. So New Jersey and Oregon in the States is where you have self-service. But you know something? They're coming in the messages. They are. The self-service in our neck of the woods. Too. Now I know where to go. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Louise is on her way. When I say uh, a Hail Mary and an Our Father. <laughs> anyway, we'll come back to this on Late Lunch shortly. Keep them coming to us. If there's a self-service station near you, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. <laughs> it's Christy Moore and right on on your late lunch, heading to news and weather at two. Through you ride the finest horse I've ever seen Standing sixteen, one or two With eyes wild and green now, I'm astounded by the number of filling stations that are manned. You go to these filling stations and they'll pour your petrol into the tank, of course, for you, or your diesel. I'm going to come back to it on the show in a little while. But first, did you know that what we're going to talk about next is more common in Ireland than anywhere else in the world? One in 83 adults are at risk. One in eight of us carry the gene. What am I talking about? Hemochromatosis. And I never knew uh, this man carried this gene with him. He's an all-star, a brilliant Meath footballer footballer from yesterday year. How they could do it is ilk today. David Beggy, welcome back to the show. Hey, Jerry. How, How are doing? you? Good to talk Good. to you. You too. Tell us, I, I'm not familiar with your story. Obviously, you were carrying this. Do you, do you carry this from birth? Is it hereditary? Yeah. Yeah, it's a hereditary gene um, known as the Celtic Tur- uh, Curse, um, plus another few other names, but it's uh, very prevalent in Ireland. And at the moment, uh, we reckon that there's at least 20,000 undiagnosed cases around the, the country. So it's very, very relevant in, in an Irish society. Yeah. How did you come to know you had this? Was it in the family or is it something that, uh, you know, affected your, your issues over time? 
Yeah, well, for me, it was undiagnosed abdominal pain and uh, major fatigue. I would have, I would have done a lot of. I thought I was very lazy, actually, Jerry, but it turns out I wasn't. Um, I would have done a lot of sleeping and taking breaks and and catching naps here and there as a young person, which I thought because I was such a hectic lifestyle was might have been, you know, acceptable. Mm. But it turns out the fatigue would be one of the symptoms, um, and I got kind of fed up going to doctors over the years with the abdominal pain until a, a clever enough doctor about 15 years ago said you know I want to do an iron test on you uh, there's something that's you know that's a, uh, around called hemochromatosis and I'd never heard of it before and he did the iron test and had very very high levels of iron in the body and then he says we'll do a genetic test and when the genetic test came back uh, with the gene, the mutant gene, um, it was he, he was able to confirm it as hemochromatosis, which was a great relief to me as well. Like you know, mm-hmm. and lucky enough, I had enough symptoms for me to go looking a little bit because you may not have symptoms, and that can be a problem down the road. Mm. Had you this this abdominal thing, the tiredness during your playing career? Yes, yeah, yeah. I would have had it from my early twenties. Um. And as I say, I kind of felt like I was a, a, a hypochondriac eventually because mm. we, I I went in and hospital and with scopes and everything else and there was nothing showing up, you know, and it was that ah, there's nothing wrong with you. Then you start thinking there is nothing wrong with you. But um, yeah, I had it all the way from from my early twenties, and I was got it sorted in my early forties. Mm, my God Almighty! Yeah. And carry something like this with you all that time that that you didn't know and obviously was concerning you, and nobody on the outside knew for, for sure as well. When you get the diagnosis and it is confirmed, what what's the plan of action then? Well, the plan of action, well, just to give a basic outline of hemochromatosis, is is where your body takes in too much iron from your food. Mm. So, um, your body needs iron but it's set up to only take in a certain amount of iron. So no matter how much iron you're eating, a standard body, it'll only absorb a very little amount because it can't cope with uh, overload. So what happens with hemochromatosis, if you have the two genes um, or if you have the, 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 the disorder, your body just keeps taking in the iron you eat. So it just, and it, your body is unable to get rid of iron. So mm. it just loads up in different organs in your body from your liver, your heart, your pancreas to your joints. So, and the iron buildup then causes quite major problems later on in life. So, um, that's 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 what it's about. So, when 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 you get diagnosed, it's a it's a, it's quite a simple procedure, and it's it's getting blood removed regularly until your iron drops drops to an acceptable level. So, for me, I got a pint of blood removed every week for about a year and a half. Uh, and I got the levels down to acceptable levels, and now you go three or four times a year, or whatever, and and just keep it keep it within the range, and that's it. You know, it's mm. it's inconvenient, but it's simple. Uh, you don't take medicines, you don't need any anything else, um, so long as there's no damage done. Now, lucky enough for me, I had no organ damage done, so I had no treatment except getting the iron levels below a certain level where your organs won't become damaged. I think. In the old days, Jerry, when we were gossiping, you'd hear of a lad who was a fit man in his early 60s dying of cirrhosis of the liver and he never drank or that kind of stuff. They were the classic hemochromatosis cases, but it wasn't the people who weren't aware of it at the time, you know. Mm. Um, so so there's a lot of damage can be done uh, later on in life and even earlier for some people. Some people get damage done earlier. So 
It's a case of, if, for me, it's a case of for anybody, rather than waiting for symptoms, because you don't have to have symptoms. If you're getting a checkup, uh, give us an iron test as well, you yes. know, yeah. just to check my iron levels, because um, it's easy sorted if it's found early. Mm. So that, I'm just uh, doing the maths here in my head, year and a half, 70-something weeks in a row, you gave a pint of blood or had a pint yeah. of blood taken away each week. Did you have to have a transfusion or a replacement pint? No. No, 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 no. You just drank lots of water. Um, no, it, it, your your body will recover, um, particularly when you're young. So, yeah. so your body. Some people cope with it a little different, but most people cope with it very well. And I was quite high as well, you mm. know. So, so it did take a lot of work. But no, you just plenty of water and and and. Um, you recover fine from it. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It really is. And I, I take it then the, the the blood they remove is of no use to anyone else because they've been only causing difficulties. Well, funny enough, originally that was the case. It was it was it was like that. But now, uh, because you've iron rich blood, so it's very good for people who have um, immune deficiencies. I see. No, okay. so. So you've iron-rich blood. So it's actually, it's, it's, it's really good blood, provided you've no, no other issues, yeah. nothing else wrong with it. You can now uh, book in if, when you get used to it um, and you're, you're, it's a standard treatment. You can now go to the blood bank and, and that blood will get used, So mm. which is great. Uh, my, as a start for me, no, it couldn't, but now it can be. So uh, for for people listening today, if you're uh, experiencing some of the symptoms that David mentioned there, like fatigue, like that, you know, that unexplained pain in your abdomen, joints you mentioned there, things like that, it's worth checking something like this or or being checked out for something like this. Oh, without a doubt. The fatigue uh, happens quite a lot Mm. and the pain. You have arthritis, particularly in the first two knuckles uh, of your fingers, your fingers or your ankles. Diabetes, you know, uh, if you've no other reasons for having diabetes, um, bronzing of the skin. If you, you know, you see a guy in the middle of winter years ago and he's of a grey colour, but he hasn't been anywhere. It's an indication. It's not a guarantee, but it's an indication. Few heart issues, irregular heartbeats. It, it can cause it. Uh, diminished sex drive can cause it. There's, a, there's a huge number, but you don't have mm. to have the symptoms. But the symptoms will give an indication. And if you're finding nothing else with these symptoms. And it doesn't make sense to you. This is one that in Ireland, it, it's a good line to go to first because it's so prevalent in Ireland. Mm. You know, mm. it, it, it may take longer in other countries, but here when you have, when you have 20,000 undiagnosed cases yes. at the moment, um, it's, worth, it's worth mentioning to, to and in, in fairness, the GPs have really come on and, and cottoned on to these, this possibility in the last 10 or 15 years. And that has helped an awful lot, you know. Mm. So, unfortunately, the people who don't get the symptoms is the, are the, the the ones. So, therefore, kind of my advice is if you're going in for a checkup and, you know, when you reach the age of 40, 45, 50, you should be doing checkups once a year. It's, it's like a car, you should go in for your MOT, mm. have your iron levels checked at the same time. It's, it's a, you're going to get a blood test for all the other bits and pieces of your cholesterol. Get them to say, I want an iron test as well. And so, therefore, you don't have to worry about having symptoms. And yes. if you do have symptoms, it will it will give a good indication of where the next step is, and that would be the genetic test. That's really good advice there. And and building upon that, uh, you are an ambassador for this partnership uh, between the organisation here in Ireland that supports people yeah. and the GAA, and you're appearing. David Beggy is going to be part of the All-Ireland semi-finals uh, on the 9th of July at Croke Park. Well, 
I, I, I'll be up on, I'll be up on uh, TV screen, I think, that day. I may yes. not be there for the interview because yeah. I think I'm overseas. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, no, I've been involved heavily with the association over the years I, I, uh, and uh, they, they have me now as a brand ambassador and I'm on the board uh, for the awareness uh, and uh, I'm delighted actually uh, to be given the, this, the role and uh, the GA have been fantastic to come in behind it because our awareness week is from the 1st to the 7th of June and uh, Fairness uh, uh, Co Park has been fantastic with the support of what they're going to do during that week and we, we also have Buildings been lit up in red across the country, um, and in a lot of other countries as well, yep. which is brilliant. So, it's an awareness thing. It sounds um, you can, you know, some some things are worthy and some things are not, and and you often say, "God, it's getting a lot of attention." It requires an awful lot of attention in this mm. country. Mm. It really does. It, it just cuts out them unnecessary. Yes, early death, and um, because this is potentially fatal, you know, there's no doubt about this. If this is left unchecked and you go on in age, it really can uh, be very, very serious for for uh, for those concerned. And twenty thousand, as you mentioned, undiagnosed. So uh, that week uh, with the GAA, early July is going to be a big awareness, and the buildings, yes, as you say, in this country and all over the world, uh, being illuminated in red to bring awareness. can you tell me this because as you said you might be on business that weekend um, the All-Ireland uh, semi-finals will be our quarter-final stage at this stage in the football proceedings who's going to yeah. win it David? Um, well I just feel Dublin will meet against Kerry in the semi-final um, I don't see any other options there you know I think right. that'll be the that'll be possibly who the favourite's going to be for the All-Ireland mm. Um I think the likes of um, Derry and um, let me go through it again, just on top of my head. There, Derry uh, was a few. Back. Y- you have Claire really? there as well. You know, you yeah. have. Well, I, yeah, I, I still, I, I really, I can't see. I, I, I'd love to, it'd be. I'd love it to be a Dublin and Kerry final because mm. I think they're the, they're the two outstanding teams this year, but they can't be. So. I do feel the winners come out of that will 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 take the the crown. Now I'm saying that it's a it's a game of the day and and anything can happen, you know. Yeah. So, but but they do look the two classes apart. As Kerry are playing Mayo, and that's a sticky one because yes. Mayo are well up for Kerry. Yeah. They love playing Kerry. They they can capture them, and you never look. At, I know I feel sorry for the Mayo crowd because. They never give up and it just always comes short. But I don't think they're strong this year as they have been for the last couple of years. Mm. So I, I do fancy Kerry to come through that side. And uh, will there be dark horses coming from the other side with the likes of Armada? Yes. Mm. Um, they're developing. I don't think they have enough to, to go much further. Okay. Uh, but this, they're certainly, they've certainly moved on in their, in their standing. Um, but no, I'm, I'm going traditional. I'm going traditional this year. <laughs> Kerry or Dublin for David and they meet in the semi-final and a free shot at the final is more or less what you're saying to me. But you never know. Let's no, watch you never space. know that. You, you never know. No, you no, never no, know no. for sure. Games are one off. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it's great, to, it's great to catch up with you and thank you for joining me and, and raising awareness about hemochromatosis on the show today. Thanks. Take care of yourself, David. Thanks Thanks for having me, Jerry. Not at all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's David Beggy there. Great guy. And I'm sure... Uh, there are people listening who who live with the condition, but uh, sound advice there. If you're feeling any of those symptoms, have the little test done the next time you're in for the MOT and perhaps it could be the answer you're looking for. Louise, I can't believe the number of garages. Now, 
it's not every garage or forecourt, but I'm astounded. Are you by the number? Yeah, there's loads, isn't there? There are. Let's let's just tell you about some of them. And thank you to everybody who's been in touch with us. We were talking earlier on about filling up and where it's illegal in two states in the United States to fill your own juice. Um, Maria was on to say the garage at the back of the list two on the Armagh Road, a top oil there. There's a gentleman there. You never have to fill it up. McLaughlin's in Balbriggan. Uh, Peter was on to say there's a young lad always there that comes out and fills your car. There was one you, that you did remember one when we got a message on it, didn't you? Yeah, was that uh, which one was that? It was the the one outside of daughter here on the, the Oh yes, McGovern's. Yeah. It's McGovern's. We have that one. Yes, thank you. A message in about McGovern's at Killineer on the old Dublin Belfast Road on the way out of Drogheda. McGovern's is one there. There's another one uh, over the neck of the woods where you come from. Isn't there one in Avenue you, you remember then? Was it Currens? No? Currens, yeah. Garlow yes. Cross. Texaco, Garlow Cross, Joe Curran's Garage. They still fill your petrol and diesel for you, says a listener to us. Finley's Fuel Depot in RD never have to fill your own fuel I'm over 20 years driving and never filled my own car says a listener ever huh? in 20 years she God. doesn't know the struggle <laughs> EK Fuels in Dundalk well done to you EK Fuels there's somebody there to assist you as well Darby's in Dunlear there you are. There's another one there that has attended uh, petrol and diesel. Tommy Dow's in Garden Rath and Kells. Another GA man. We we're just talking a moment ago to uh, David Beggy. And Ken Finn's in Castletown. Do you know that one, though? Ken Finn in Castletown. Finn's in Castletown. No, somebody just texted in. Yeah, we just got that there as well. Thank you to you all. And well done to all those places that still do it in the traditional way. Where I lived on the North Road in Drogheda, you had... The Burma Garage, it's not there anymore. You know the Vincent de Paul is, St Vincent de Paul across from Mother Hughes' yeah. pub? That was a garage, a Burma oh. garage. And the late, great Tommy Neelis, people would remember him. Tommy was the petrol pump attendant there. He filled the cars. He had a little hut, he sat in and he came out and filled your car and went back in there. And always he, with the smile, no doubt. Always, and whistling and a song, the late Tommy Neelis, I remember him today. And there was always an attendant up at Smith's, up the road there, Texaco up there. That was attended up there as well. And, and, and that was the way it was many moons ago, but not today. Can you solve that riddle, please, for me? I can't, Louise. I'm going to put it to you. Magella's on. Hello, Magella. I've got a riddle for you today, Jerry. What two things can you not eat for breakfast now Louise I I think I know I was, it. do you yeah. I, I'm thinking of food there you know I'm <laughs> thinking of specific foods can you solve that please for me I think it's lunch and dinner ah uh, you I could be wrong though Air Louise is clever Magella lunch and dinner what things can't two things can't eat for breakfast I'd say you're right there Louise I'd say you're spot on but look on just what we're talking about garages car wash car washes oh, yeah uh, and, and that was another thing from yesteryear. I know you go in now and they have all the high sprays and there's fellas, you know, there's people actually attend your car. Yeah. You know that to clean your car. I rarely get my car clean. I can't believe that. Cause your car is like shining always. <laughs> well, let me tell you. I think, I, th- I don't know, I think some people just ride no. at your house and <laughs> do it when you're in watching telly or something. For the recent wedding, I have to make an admission, it got a valet cleaned outside and in and by God did it need it. But I was just thinking back, I would rarely ever get a car washed from the day I get it till the day I trade it in or whatever. I w- wouldn't touch it. I, I just can't believe that because it always looks sparkling. So I don't know what you do. 
I think it's the rain that falls where I am. There's something special in it. <laughs> but I always remember the yeah, first... must fall sideways. The first time ever <laughs> we went to a car wash. <laughs> <laughs> ever in my life. And this is many moons ago. I think it was O'Connell's garage in Be- Beechgrove and Drogheda or the one beside it. It's Reynolds's now. It may be the one beside it. It's Reynolds's. Got the first brush watch. You know the brushes? Yeah, the, the colourful ones. Yeah, you drive in and it moves up and down <laughs> along your car on the roof <laughs> yeah. and everything. Anyway... <laughs> another late great Mr Jack Carr from the North Road had a Triumph Herald a little green one I may have told this story before but it's many moons ago on the show and Jack said to myself and Paddy his son I used to pal around with Paddy we'll go over and get our wash because this was a novelty the first you know first of these washes ever in Drogheda so over we went we had the queue because everybody wanted the car washing so we got into the car wash Louise and oh, the <laughs> excitement we were in the back Jack in the front make sure all the windows are closed in we go put in the cash or whatever and off she goes and the brushes come in well Louise there was more car more more, <laughs> more water inside the car <laughs> <laughs> then outside it came in and we were washed in the car because all the seals were oh, were, yeah. were gone were perished on the doors and windows it came <laughs> in everywhere we actually I think it was the first time we got a shower in our lives <laughs> showers were unheard of then uh, you haven't had money since have you guys? <laughs> like your car <laughs> and now now I'd won this morning that should do me for a while yes why did I ever say that on this show? Because it, it comes back to haunt me like other things as well, like bread makers, etc. But anyway, yes, car wash. I always remember that first. And that was the first time ever. And it was, we went back home. We were washed. We were washed. Anyway. So you were the original carpooling. <laughs> there were some pools in that car, to be sure. Do you get your car washed? Are you a car wash person? Uh, no, no. <laughs> Not I am really. terrified. Are you? Yeah, I reckon, you know, when they kind of say, come on, come on or whatever. And I'm terrified I'll put my foot in the accelerator and run over them or just do something <laughs> stupid. So, folks, I wasn't joking when I mentioned you should be living in Oregon or New <laughs> yeah. Jersey. I was not joking. She is one of our most prolific and successful authors. 20 books for you and me and three for the littleies as well. With rumour that there's another children's book on the way and certainly another one for us uh, next year, 2023. But at the moment, the focus is on her new one, which is called Life Before Us. Roisin Meany, welcome back to Late Lunch. Jerry, thank you. I'm delighted to be back. Thank you indeed. Well, I'll tell you about this book. May I say this to you? It's an incredible book in that it is a love story, but the two main characters keep us going through the whole entirety of the pages and we're saying, please get together, please meet up. Are you hearing this from others? Yes, you are, aren't you? I'm afraid so. I'm getting a bit of flack, all right, Jerry. But you know, uh, I expected it, so I'm grand. <laughs> but you know what I want to say? You're yeah. superb because the characters just resonate. I'm so much with me, they did for sure. And I'm sure with your readers too. They're just like you and I. And I think that's fantastic. May I say that? 
Absolutely, Jerry. In fact, I take that as the highest compliment because that's exactly what I set out to do when I write characters. I try and make them as believable as possible. And I love people to come to me and say, I know somebody just like her or I I knew somebody who was horrible just like that fella. Now I'm saying fella, but it could be equally be a woman who was (laughs) horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, these characters are certainly George and Alice are not horrible. George's wife hightailed it, I'll tell listeners, 11 years ago with their child Susie. And Alice, on the other hand, finds out that our boyfriend is not being wholly honest, is he? Oh, that's putting it very lightly. Yes. Yeah, she gets a shocker of a phone call in the opening in the mm, opening chapter. Mm, <laughs> yeah, she, she does. And I, I, I'll tell you, you know, their lives are they're apart. Of course, they're they're in different places initially. But Alice comes home to the hometown where George is, and you would think, honestly, with the network of connections you built that are common to both of them, how have they not met? Roisin, tell us, how did you manage that? <laughs> Oh, with great difficulty, actually, because they were, they should meet. You're yeah, right. They, they should, should meet by the law of averages. But I, so I had to do quite a lot of work to make sure that they didn't. But I, I, I did a few teasers along the way where, you know, they do email one another without realising who they're emailing. And of course, she calls to his house every Saturday with her delivery, but doesn't come face to face. So, yeah, it was fun. It was actually fun to try and get it right. Oh, I tell you, you tease me like no other. I thought, <laughs> it, this, is this ever going to happen? And, and, and you turn the pages just just to rattle along with it the other thing as well is you mentioned where uh, and I mentioned where they live as well you've done wonderful justice to the hometown oh thank you Jerry. yeah thank you um, well I just kind of literally made it up as I went along <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, well you're well practised at it after 20 of these books have, have, know, have come along but you know yeah. what I'm saying to you you know we can what I'm saying again is it, it, it is typical small town Ireland you know what I'm talking about yes, what we're familiar yes. with here yeah, exactly. And that's my that's my kind of, I suppose, my comfort zone, really. I like a town that's not too big. I, I, I kind of shy away from a big city story. Mm. I like a town that's small enough that you can actually bump into people in the street. It wouldn't be without the bounds of possibility. Um, but at the same time, you can have your bit of privacy if you need it. I like to kind of strike the happy medium there. Yeah, and you know, where we are in this neck of the woods, you have Nav in a big town, Dundalk, Drogheda, and the, the personal nature of those towns with expansion, as you can understand, is disappearing. It's a way of life that, you know, we're getting to know less and less and there are more new people coming to us. You know what I'm getting at? I do, because I, I think Ennis now, you could say exactly oh, yes. the same about yes. Ennis. Yes. Um, I'm living in Milton Malby at the moment. Well, I'm kind of half living here. My, my, my home really is Limerick, but I bought a little cottage here a few years ago and I spend a lot of the summer here. And it's, it's still got that lovely community feel. Yeah. Um, but but when I go into Ennis, which would be my nearest big town, um, it's it's really it's spreading out so much. It's it's not the Ennis I knew when I was younger because we spent a lot of our childhoods in Clare because my father and mother are both from there. Um, we we yeah, so we have been very familiar with the Ennis of old, and really it's kind of doubled in size since I knew it first. Mm. And it's kind of a shame, but I suppose mm. it's inevitable. Ah, is that's the way yeah. the way it's going, and nothing yeah. stands still, and and it always changes. You, you yes. you're you're in. The I'm not just saying these are lovely, ordinary characters like all of us and the town scenario, but you have them, of course, in the online world as well. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, I did dip my toe in that, Jerry, years ago now when I was just thinking, sure, I give it a go and see what everyone is talking about. Mm. And I quickly realised that it wasn't for me. Um, I just feel I'm, I'm not, I haven't got the right personality to be an online dater because yes. I, um, I, I, 
I don't have the confidence. I think you need to be fairly confident and you need to be a bit resilient and thick skinned. And that's none of that's none of what I am. I'd be fairly sensitive now. And yeah, yeah, yeah I'd be very self-judgmental. So, uh, no, I kind of skedaddled away from that easily enough. But um, but I did put George um, in, in that yes. position for a while. Yeah. yeah. And, and online as well. I suppose online in the t- sense that um, there's emailing and, and whatnot flying back and forth. And of course, I'm well used to that because, you mm. know, I spend my life on mm. the laptop. Mm. Oh, you're right to avoid that other bedlam oh, yeah. of a world altogether. My God <laughs> almighty, we'll not go down that road today, but there's certainly another tome in that for you uh, sometime oh, in the future. I love talking about, I, I, of course, I keep an eye on you. We're friends on, on social media ourselves. Yeah. And I, I love the picture of your daisies you posted in the last 24 hours. They're beautiful. Are they in your garden? They are in my garden. I actually created this back garden when I bought the house in 2017. And it took me until this year um, to, to feel that I have a proper garden. Now, it's still very much a work in progress, but there are things growing like the giant daisies. I love them. Mm. Um, and I get such a kick out of it. I've never really gardened before. But just, I suppose, because I brought this from nothing to to quite a nice little colourful space now. I really, I really love it. And I can see the attraction in gardening. And it's very mindful. It's just gorgeous just yes. to lose yourself in in nature yeah, I've been a gardener all my life since I was a little fella, oh, since my you? dad gave me uh, my first packet of seeds. I'm more on the vegetable end oh. of things, but I am dabbling a little more and more as I go along with the flowers. I have to say, your flowers are beautiful, not just the daisies. Isn't it amazing at night time, the way they shut up? Yes, it is. It really is, yeah. <laughs> they open it's by day and shut up at night time and, and, yeah. and they close in. They're really, they're really beautiful. Keep at that. You're, there's no doubt about it. The garden is special. What about this cat? Tell me more about the cat. I, I've actually got two. Have I had you? Fred and Fred was my big boy and my only boy for years. And then two years ago, my neighbours here in Milton Malby were saying, there's a little kitten that has taken up residence under our deck and we can't keep it. Would you like it? And of course, they didn't have to ask me twice. And the funny thing is, this little kitty, she was so gorgeous. She was only a little scrap of a thing when I took her in. She's exactly the same colouring as my big boy. So they look as if they're father and daughter, but they're no relation whatsoever. I got Fred in Kildimo. Um so, yeah, I took her in and now I have Fred, the big boy, and Charlie, the small girl. Well, she'll be two in August, so she's not that small anymore. But, uh, yeah, I just, uh, they're a great company because I live yeah. alone otherwise. So mm. I, I, I'd never have a house without at least one cat. And mm. I think two is good because they have each other as well. Did Fred accept herself, uh, you know? Not immediately. Not immediately. Yeah. No, it took a while. It took a while. I thought he'd be delighted to have another little cat. One that maybe he could boss around a bit, but no, he didn't take to her for ages. But that's the, that's the book that I think you, you alluded to at the start, Jerry. I've written a story about Fred and Charlie, a picture book. And right. my agent is, is uh, she's trying to find a home for it at the moment. So oh. I'm fingers crossed tightly. Oh, yeah. listen, uh, that, that, <laughs> that's, that's a, going to be a goer for sure. And, and thanks I for letting so. us know that. So you've teased that up. So please, God, we'll see that one down the road. You love uh, people. I know this as well. And, and you were storytelling in the library recently again. That was a big miss, wasn't it, during the COVID oh, times? Oh, Jerry, that was one of my big yeah. tragedies when lockdown came that mm. I had to stop my story time. It was the highlight of my month. I did it one Saturday a month in my local library in Limerick City. And it really, I just looked forward to it so much. And my, I had my little gang that came every, every month. And they were between three and six. So they were just at that gorgeous, young, innocent, charming age. And I had a ball 
just for half an hour every every third Saturday of the month. And of course that had to stop. But it started again this April. I was thrilled and I've had three three months now and now it's off for the summer, but I'll be back in September and I just oh I just love it. It's mm. such fun. Ah such the fun. the interaction is unbeatable and when you have yeah. the attention, you know, when you have yes. your audience hanging on every word, I know it's yeah. a, it's a really, really special thing. So life yes. is good. You're in Milltown Malbay and you're gardening and you're writing away and there's another book Shall Roisin what I more know, can Jerry. I say isn't it fantastic I'm very lucky and I'm very thankful really I know I'm blessed yeah. I really am ah but we're blessed to have you uh, oh. being so <laughs> prolific with all these wonderful books that come out from time to time to help us escape into another world of reading and I have to say to you again life before us you've done it with this one that's the name of the oh, new one okay. from Roisin Meany thank you so much for your time today and get out into that garden and enjoy the two uh, boys as well Fred and Charlie Thanks a million, Jerry. Lovely talking to you. Lovely to talk to you too. Take care of yourself. That's the lovely Roisin Meany there. And uh, her new book is Life Before Us. I have a copy sitting here beside me. Uh, I think Magella's been lousy now, Louise. She's She's been technical here. She put the question. What was the question she asked us? What? Two things. Can you not eat for breakfast? Can you not eat for breakfast? And you said? Uh, lunch and dinner. And Magella's come back to say, uh, it's Magella Louise, you were close. (laughs) Dinner and tea, we don't do lunch where I live. (laughs) Some people don't, don't say that though. They don't, they do dinner and tea, they don't say lunch. I know, I think, think growing up we didn't have lunch. Magella's splitting hairs here. Magella, sorry. (laughs) Sorry Magella, I'm giving Louise the benefit of the doubt here. The judge has ruled um, she was right, Magella. Just it's only a technical term on what you call it and the time of the day that you have it. But thank you kindly for getting back to us. God, they do listen when Thanks you're chatting. for the riddle in the first place. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We really do appreciate it. They do listen. The answers are coming in there for Roisin's book. Thank you. Well, Louise, I have to say it. Kate Bush has made number one in the UK charts. Weren't we chatting about it here? We were. We were last week. What was she, number three last week, was she it? She was two. Two, was she it? She got to two. She made three when the song came out first, Running Up That Hill. Oh, uh, OK, originally. Uh, it was number three originally. That was the highest place. Went to two last week and number one this week. We were talking to Neil from Classified Records about it on the show last week and it's just got a, a new lease of life thanks to TikTok and Stranger Things. I take it you didn't uh, add to her um, uh, numbers that brought her to number one. No, 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 I, no. no, not, no not a fan not of that your, song. No, no, to be I, I, yeah, it wouldn't be. You know, I, 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 I love like Wuthering, Wuthering Heights. Heights. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, congratulations to her. She's number one in the charts this week. Another topic we were talking about last week: motorbike safety uh, with the Kells Road Race people mm. and um, uh, another guy who's really into his bikes as well. Really sorry to hear yesterday that there was a fatality at the road races. A man from Limavady uh, lost his life. Only a young on guy, only 22. Only a young fella there and it's mm. it's shocking to contemplate. And I know the safety is paramount and the roads are closed and everything like that. I listened to what the guys had to say. But unfortunately, when you travel at that speed at times, there is a an element of risk and quite a large element of risk as well. And we think of that man's young man's family and his folks today having lost his life uh, on the road uh, in, in Kells yesterday. It, it really is sad to, to contemplate. You're not a golf fan. I know this. No, no, no. no. I was watching Love Island while you were watching the golf. Well, just park that for a second now. <laughs> and let's cover the golf first. Firstly, Matt Fitzpatrick 
from uh, England won the US Open, a major. There are four majors. I told you this every year. That was the third. The fourth is the British Open coming up now in July. Matt Fitzpatrick, a dramatic finish, Louise. He won it by one shot from Will Zalatoris, who we had backed in the Wednesday club, oh, Jerry no. Healy. Jerry Healy's a genius when it comes to golfers. He knows all about picking golfers. We were pipped at the post. Had he won, we were in for a Klondike. Now, we got a few pound off him. But anyway, Matt Fitzpatrick. What's a Klondike? A lot of money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you never hear that before? No. A Klondike. The Klondike is where they mine for gold, I'm sure, in the US. You understand? Oh, gotcha. Gold yeah. and, and, and uh, yeah, a Klondike. Well, a little Klondike for us anyway, we're in for. Anyway, Matt Fitzpatrick won. Congratulations to him. A lovely chap and a deserved winner. Leona Maguire, our own Leona from Cavan. Yeah. Playing a huge event on the ladies tour in the States. She didn't look to be, she was in the top. She was 13, she was 10th. I was watching her yesterday. Seven under par round. Shared the lead with two others and into a playoff. There was three of them in a playoff and uh, she lost the playoff. One was eliminated and herself, I think it was Jennifer Cupcho, uh, was the other lady who won it on the uh, the second playoff hole. But secondly, mm. Ona Maguire, she nearly won a big one. Oh, this girl, this girl's going to win a major. I'm telling you, she's fantastic. Delighted well, for her. Talking about winning girls, can yes. I just say I want to give a shout out to my own daughter and all our teammates who won the coming uh, Munskull, Lou, yeah. um, up in Stabannon on, Satur- on Saturday, yes. Um, and well done as well to um, the side that we're playing against, St Mary's National School in Knockbridge. So yeah, Terman Fecken National School took home the cup. Woo-hoo! So well done to Katrina and Summer and Garrity and Katie and Georgia and all of them. Well, Too many to Katrina uh, was the goalkeeper. She was. Yes, she was I saw the pictures. She's the goalkeeper on the day and saved the day on a number of occasions. Well done to them. It's great. It's great it's, to watch. It's great for them to win, isn't it, as well? Mm. And look, uh, they love to win and everyone should taste winning uh, at some stage in their lives and hopefully everybody does taste it as well. And uh, commiserations to Knockbridge who were runners-up this time. They'll have their day in and the future, And they were a great sure. side, yeah. Yes, and uh, there you are. So so success all round on, on the sporting front this weekend, <laughs> both local, national and international, as we'd say, on, 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 on sport. Anyway, we're heading towards news, uh, weather and sport at three o'clock here on Your Late Lunch. And after three on the show, I have a soundtrack for, for you. And it ties in with the great man's birthday. Yes, Paul McCartney was 80, Louise. Was it yesterday or the day before? 80 Saturday, years was young. It? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Paul McCartney celebrating his birthday. So my soundtrack is tied in with that for sure. And then we're going to hear about uh, the situation at Dundalk Cemetery. Craig Corr is going to tell us a story. There is an angel plot in Dundalk Cemetery, but it hasn't been operational for a long, long time. We do know there's one in St. Peter's in Drogheda, but Craig's going to talk to us about his loss and about the situation with the angel plot there on your late lunch after news, weather and sport at three. But we head there in the company of Casey and the Sunshine Band. And this brings me back to great summers and lovely weather and keep fit classes. But the woman I live with was involved with for years. I remember recording this for her and the women <laughs> all doing their moves to it. Yeah, here we go, Louise. It's KC and the See Sunshine Band. See your there, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs>
Now I move on on late lunch this afternoon and my soundtrack this week is an animated musical comedy adventure inspired by the music of the Beatles. Yes, the Fab Four appeared in a number of movies, good, bad and indifferent, but my choice this week, Yellow Submarine, is widely regarded as their finest. And by God, they needed it at the time because it came on the back of their previous disaster, Magical Mystery Tour, and this one was chalk to cheese for sure. Yes, the submarine lifted the boys from the bed of the ocean after Mystery Tour was panned by all in sundry. When you consider this, that 50 years has elapsed since its release in 1968, and yet still the movie is regarded as a landmark of animation. Yes, the Beatles themselves only appeared as themselves in the closing scene as their cartoon characters were voiced. Did you know this? By other actors. Today, as I mentioned earlier on the show, as Paul McCartney celebrates his 80th birthday at the weekend, I begin a week of the Yellow Sub with this one. Simply brilliant, uh, the Beatles from Yellow Submarine. That song was actually originally released on the album Revolver in 1966 and re-released in conjunction with the movie A Double A Side with the song itself, Yellow Submarine. And I'll have more from the sub for you tomorrow afternoon on the show. Up next on Late Lunch, to lose an infant at birth is shocking for any family to experience and then you have the whole scenario of the funeral and laying to rest well in Dundalk the angel plot in the main cemetery there hasn't been opened in 30 years and Craig Corr is talking to us about it next Craig Corr joins me on the line on late lunch good afternoon Craig well Jerry, how are you I'm good thanks for talking to me today take us back to 22nd of April uh, myself went for scan no happy so, 24th of April, in to deliver baby Elia. And, yeah, so that's basically what happened. It just happened so quick. There was no warning signs. There was no, you know, it was just one of those things where you went for a scan and there was no heartbeat. The baby was dead. Mm-hmm. If, if that's, yeah, just put it like that. You know, and... Um, Hospital then said to her, then come back uh, in two days uh, and we'll start the labour. And 24th of April, uh, a baby girl was born. Oh my God, little girl, and arrived and was born uh, still bared. What's her name? Uh, Aaliyah Fate. Lovely, 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 but shocking time for you and the mum and all concerned. It's 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 a horrific time. It's it was it, it was unexpected, you know. It's mm, yes. It's not a thing that will go through your head, you know. You find out you're having a baby, you know. So and then you're you're making plans then for for the future, you know. Uh, two other kids here getting excited, you know. Mm. Planning for Christmas this year, you know. It was just yeah. It, it, it was a well wanted baby, you know. It was you know. So looked it and whatever happened, it just didn't go ahead as planned and. Mm. Unfortunately, we lost her, yeah. It's one of those things, and, and you don't expect it. Nobody does. You expect no, your no. baby to be go full term, be born, yeah, and everything to be okay. Exactly, 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 yeah, but sure. 
that's it, it that's uh, the sad the sad news that 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 uh, dawned on on your other children and your your family in April now yeah. uh, you you want to talk about what happens then afterwards? You said instead of a, a planning a baby, you have to plan a funeral, and you yeah. want to talk about the angel plot in Dundalk. Yeah, so basically what it was, we were offered we had two options uh, in the Lord's Hospital. We had to take a plot in the local cemetery in Drada, which was St Peter's or the Newtown Cross, where there was the angel plot, or plan your own funeral, which is which is what we wanted to do anyway. Was to mm. take our home and have our own funeral and, you know, have our own grave, whatever, for for the future ahead. If that never was to happen, me or Danielle or Tip or anybody else, you know. But yes. what, what struck me the most was when you take a walk around the local cemetery in Dundalk, Dowdle Hill, there is no, well, there is an angel's plot there, but it hasn't been open in over 30 years. So if you're a mother and you're, expecting a baby and you get bad news and you can't afford a funeral. You have to bury your baby in an angel's plot in Drogheda. Ah. That's if you're coming from Monaghan, yes. you're coming from Carlingford, or Dundalk. Yeah. There's no angel plots around the surrounding area. My my um, problem is why? Now, why is one county so uh, so divided, if, if that's what you like to say, you know? Mm. Uh, you have two angel plots in Drogheda, but you have none in Dundalk. Yes. Surely a mother who loses a baby, who's not in a position to, you know, uh, who's not in a financial position to arrange a full funeral, why do they have to bury the deceased baby in a plot in Drogheda? Yeah. You know, and if you go back to the one in St. Peter's and Drogheda, it's like a mass grave. Mm. It's not a nice place. You know, so... Mm. I I was I did phone the county council. I did get some answers, and it's basically you know choose, choose yourself. You know, put yourself into a financial strain and buy a plot, or basically dump your baby in an angel plot. Mm. You know, now I did ring the local authority. I did ring uh, a few councils. Now the county councils are willing to provide a new angel plot in Dowdle's Hill right. but they have to get the HSE on side mm. you know mm. but the HSE shouldn't buy one in Drogheda and not one in 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 a in a dog. yes I you hear know, what you're saying it's wrong yeah you know it's, and absolutely it's wrong yeah and, and, and Dowdle's Hill is a substantial cemetery I'm familiar with it you know and it's massive it's yeah. massive you know it's double the size of St Peter's if not yeah. three times mm, mm. And and you raise a very valid point. You you certainly do. So where are you with this? I, I is it just hanging at the moment, or do you think it'll it, it will progress? Well, I'm I'm hoping to to get the HSC on side and say right, okay, we will take one from the county council, and we will provide an angel's plot in Dundalk for families who experience miscarriages or stillbirths. You know, not my wife's a healthcare worker, and she knows many women that have gone through the exact same thing. And yeah. that baby is buried in Drogheda, mm. but they live in the dark. You yeah. know, 
it doesn't it doesn't no it doesn't add up there should be a plot a similar plot in the dark cemetery and you mentioned other places as well you know if you're talking about uh, people coming from Monaghan and Cavan into Drogheda as well now surely there should be facilities in those areas as well you know that no from 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 what I hear from the burial board on on the Low County Council is that St Peter's is closed no more babies get buried there it's it's Newtown Cross Lawn which is where my grandparents are buried okay well, I'm born and raised in Rotter, uh, so I know uh, that graveyard t- too well. Mm. And there's a nice thing that's not now in Newtown Cross, but why not provide something the same in Dundalk? Yeah. You know, Dundalk's a big town, as much as what Rotter is. Yes. 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 No. I. I you hear know, what I hear what you're calling for, and I, it, it makes sense what you're saying. It really yeah. does. And uh, the, the you, you, like if a child is laid to rest, it should be laid to rest as near as possible to, to where the family come, and, comes and, from. And, yes. And, uh, yes. And, you know, yeah. grieve. Mm. You know, you shouldn't have to travel miles. You know, yeah. to yeah. say and you know say a prayer or 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 talk. You should be able to go to, to take a walk from your front door, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes walk to your local cemetery. That should be provided in your town. Mm. You know, we're, we're one county council. We're not two. It's yes. not the Dahl County anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. It's, it's one county council. No, but they, they, ha- they are willing to. They yeah. are willing to provide Dirtle Hill. Okay. But you have to get the HSE on board. So okay. if they're listening, you know, please provide grieving families where a resting place for a baby in the town. Well said. And did you have to go and buy your own plot? May I ask you? We we bought a plot in Dowdle, so we okay. bought a family grave. This yes. is this is another issue. A double grave in Dowdle Hill is nine hundred, and you have an interment fee. The whole total cost was twelve hundred and five for the plot. But then you go to Drogheda, Newtown Cross, which is another county council owned graveyard, and you're paying. 1700 for the family grave and a 500 euro interment fee. Mm. You know, so I, why is both towns charging yes. different prices? It's a lot of money. It is. It's substantial. You know, and what's the difference between resting in uh, loud soil, be it at Newtown Cross or be it at Dowdle yeah, There shouldn't be really yeah. a difference. Surely there, there if you're from yeah. anywhere in mm. County Loud, you should, get, you should be able to get buried where you choose to be buried and not pay thousands. Yes. If you're paying up at the three or four thousand for for a plot in Dowdletill, if you're coming from Haggardstown or Lordship and that kind of stuff, mm. where where does that money go? Mm. Where does the county council put that money? Well, that's a, a question I can't answer for you today, but I'm sure there's somebody you is. Know, but I'm going to leave it there for today. We hear yeah. what you're saying. We hear yeah. your appeal, and let's hope uh, it's yeah. action oh, sooner rather than later. Just before you go, can I just thank the staff in in the antenatal ward in the Lord's Hospital? For taking care of everything, and Paddy Townley's in 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 uh, Drogheda, and particularly Helen, uh, the midwife Helen, that that looked at us very well. If she's listening, thanks very much. Craig, nice to talk to you today. Thanks for no raising problem. the issue. Take care right, of yourself. Sorry, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's right, Craig right. Core there, and you can understand listening to him, can't you? How frustrated he is, and sure, just makes sense to uh, you know have. an angel's burial plot in the main cemeteries in the main towns no matter where they are that's our lot on late lunch uh, this Monday afternoon coming up on Tuesday it's Midsummer's Day tomorrow the 21st of June and a man who's steeped in the Celtic tradition and knows all about Midsummer and 
all the uh, seasons through the year is joining us. Anthony Murphy is with us on the show tomorrow. We were talking today, top of the show, to Jen Hogan about our dread of the school holidays. Well, Siobhan O'Neill White from mams.ie joins us tomorrow and she has plenty of recommendations things to do during the summertime for your children. Sinead Kelly offers veterinary advice. Robert Finnegan, brilliant saxophonist. He's now based in London from County Louth, is joining me on the show. We have your two on Tuesday, the song that just didn't make it to number one. We'll let you know what made number one as well. And I'm back for more from Yellow Submarine, the Beatles movie tomorrow afternoon from 1.30. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Wonderful music, information and more besides coming your way. Stay with us here on the station and we'll be back with you tomorrow, Tuesday at 1.30 for the longest day. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit blackstonemotors.ie Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.